0: If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast@gmail.com 4 Legs at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, at liveonfourlegspodcast, and on Twitter, at liveonfourlegspod. Looking real good in Jacksonville, I
1: gotta tell you, We were- we were driving through town and all the all the bail bondsmen offices and stuff. I was wondering what the fuck we were getting into tonight. In so I'm glad you got got out for the night.
0: <laughs> and away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam Podcast Experience. Featuring Mr.
1: Stone
2: Gossip. Gentlemen.
1: Matt fucking camera in the drum. You can call me L. You can call me Ed. You just, just fucking
0: call me when. It's... Hey, everybody. Now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. And what we are is we're a Pearl Jam podcast that focuses on live shows. Every single episode that we have that we're not throwing things in the trash, we talk about a different live show in the Pearl Jam catalog. And today we are traveling to the not so distant past 2016, because this is a Patreon requested episode, Jacksonville. 2016 we're going to do a little bit of florida so strap in this is going to be a fun one randy sobel over here john farrar over there hello Hello. this is uh a good one for you because you were there and this kind of you know kills a couple birds with a couple stones here
3: definitely yeah this was part of my uh my little mini run of shows in in 2016 where yeah they they did not play atlanta it was rumored there was there was hinted, you know, I think it, it was on a venue's website that it was going to be right around this time. But I think it was going to be the 15th, I think, it was supposed to be Atlanta in between Jacksonville and Greenville. But ended up falling through. So got got the tickets for Jacksonville, ended up lucking out, getting G.A. for all my shows. And uh, yeah, went down the night before, camped out at the venue. I'd actually been at this venue back in January of 2016 because I was officiating at the uh the US curling national championships actually so i would kind of been a little bit backstage and i was kind of familiar with the area so i wish i i wish i'd kept my lanyard with me maybe they i would have been able to sneak backstage but uh but yeah that's that's kind of what what i was thinking about when i was you know kind of waiting around for the show i was kind of picturing them kind of hanging out in that backstage area cuz you know i was i had just been there a few months before but yeah this this kind of kicked off my my shows in 2016 i was lucky enough to see five shows that year And uh, this was the first one. And it, you know, it it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't have a lot of the moments. Obviously, Greenville is the big one and Columbia being the night that Prince had had died that had some big moments. But yeah, this one, it it doesn't kind of hold up, but it's still got some great stuff in it. I still have good memories of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of under the radar a little bit. And if you like collector shows, there are collector's items in there. So we're gonna get to all that. But uh, what show was this for you? I feel like this is 2016. You had a bunch, and you've been to yeah, nine this is only titles. my fifth one. Okay, only so this is five. One, yeah. So this this really is kind of like your your kickoff to your Pearl Jam lifer stage, right?
3: Yeah, this is my first one since Memphis. I'd only this is the first time I'd actually gotten to see them multiple times in one year because I'd been it had been 98, 2012, 2013, 2014, one in each. So, yeah, I was I was excited to uh to be able to see them. I think it was yeah, three times. It was supposed to have been four, you know, everybody knows the story that Raleigh got canceled, but Uh, I got to see them three times in in eight days, so it was great.
0: Yeah, no complaining about that at all. So let's bring in our guest today. He is one of our Patreon people, and uh, he's also the reason why we are doing a concert almanac chronology, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Chris Everett is here, and before we get into talking about the show, you bought the domain for LiveOnFourLegs.com, and um, what possessed you to do that? Let me ask (laughs) that.
4: I don't know. I mean, uh, it just seemed like something that y'all should have, right? I mean, I, uh, I know you I'm have the happy space on <laughs> live footsteps and and Dave being so you know uh, involved. And yeah, you probably. Yeah, I'm sure it. you had
3: to fight off some fight off some high bidders for that one.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, see, my my idea was I was going to hold it hostage. So uh-huh, that, uh, uh-huh. I think you're still you guys holding it to hostage. Go, uh, te- technically, but
0: uh,
4: <laughs> we'll uh, we'll make sure that it gets in the right hands,
0: yeah. And you know, we uh, we're, we're thankful for that. And it was just kind of a thing that we popped into the Discord, and you were like, Hey, you know, what about the domain? and and it kind of turned into this bigger thing. And and mm-hmm. look at what we're trying to do now. So, thanks for that, and uh, and welcome to the show. This is your That's first proper episode you've done a bunch of setlist drafts and you've been involved in wherever wherever uh so let me let me ask you so you're going into jacksonville you've been to a few shows right you're pretty early on in your show going
4: really early on yeah this is actually my second show okay Um, and And your
0: first was that 2012 atlanta right
4: yep absolutely yep Midtown in atlanta
0: so you and John are are your show buddies basically you probably <laughs> paths in the bathroom <laughs> or something like that you just never know
4: uh, he had better seats in jacksonville that's for sure
0: <laughs> so uh, t- take me through this uh take me through the anticipation and everything take the the audience through this it doesn't matter yeah. take me through.
4: i mean it's it's one of those things where uh, coming out of atlanta uh you know my my brother-in-law took me to my first show in, in 2012, uh, and my wife, I should say, as well. Um, and it was just it, like the light switch flipped for me, and it, it was just like, "Oh my God, this is the the most amazing experience." Um, and-, and that show,
3: that show was such a tease too, because it was just two hours. Like it, it felt mm-hmm. really compressed and went by really fast. You didn't feel like you you got the full experience. So yeah, it was the same thing for me. It just made me want to go see them again
4: yeah dude totally and then when this opportunity in jacksonville came up um at the time uh, you know my best friend from uh high school college uh he lived in jacksonville uh, at that point in time um and i was like hey man pearl jam's coming we're gonna go uh and he was like oh that sounds good you know he's not a huge pearl jam fan but um You know he was he was local and it was an excuse to get down there and see him and and obviously to to see the band and you know so we we hooked up tickets and and i flew down there and uh we met up
0: what was his uh and i'm sure he'll come into play later in this but did he did he get a positive exposure out of this show was he (laughs) converted from this or was it like hey we had fun that was that was cool
4: Yeah, more so the, the, Hey, we had fun. Uh, You know, he's not, uh, he's not a diehard, like uh, maybe you and I are, but um, it is, uh, it was a good time. Uh, There were certainly some, some moments in there. Uh, And actually before we, I had asked him about, you know, his experience, uh, kind of heading into this recording session and, and sure, please do. he said, you know, like there, there weren't any, there wasn't anything like really specific that I remember, but like, I just was in awe of the stamina of the band <laughs> and like how much, how much ass they kicked, you know, for, for those two hours plus. So, um,
0: I think that surprises a lot of people that come in from the outside. You know, when you think about the concert experience, you think about, okay, well, they're going to play about, oh, if they play 20 songs, that's a pretty good set. And then when they come back for an encore, it's like their two most popular songs and then they're Mm -hmm. done and maybe maybe 90 minutes goes by and, you know, and you get a pretty solid show. That's the pretty generic way of doing it. But yeah, this is compared to other concerts compared to your, you know, insert random, you know, nineties, two thousands band here, this is a marathon and mm-hmm. I can see a lot of people just being like, Whoa, I, I did not expect it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would uh, agree with that. You know, as someone who, was sort of obsessed with the dave matthews band in my 20s and I-, I toured all around with them and and you know i went to 30 some odd shows and it was very uh, coming to a pearl jam show it was just like whoa because yeah, you know dave matthews they play like i don't know 18 songs a night <laughs> i know they're, they're longer but like You know when you get into a set list that's this deep and obviously their programs catalog is just massive um and it's it's always one of those things where because they mix it up you're like oh man you know tonight could be the night what what do they pull out of the pull out of the hat so um you know after listening to all the bootlegs and getting into that and uh, it just became like this this thing, so uh,
0: it's it's yeah. funny because my my cousin is a Dave Matthews fan, and I'll kind of rag on him for that. I, I'm like, yeah, you guys, you get you know the hidden gems, and you can get surprised at your show, mm-hmm. but you get 18 songs. How do you feel about that? Looking next to a Pearl Jam set where we're getting like 33 on average, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if I got 18 songs out of Pearl Jam. I'd be kind of disappointed knowing yeah. what they do
4: that's that's a great point and actually i had uh, i had said something to my wife about that not too long ago I was looking at uh, uh, some of the set lists from you know when i when i was uh touring around with them and it was like man look they're not they didn't barely they play like 18 songs tonight and she was like yeah but you know they they did a 20 minute version of 41 and you know like I was like yeah but like there's so much more. <laughs> I want I want more songs. Right. Uh, so I like but, the I mean, idea
0: of having more songs instead of like extended mm-hmm. long versions of things. So I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. Um all right, is everybody ready to to get talking about the show? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. One note that I wanted to put out there before we get to talking about this, this little stretch in Florida, they did four shows to start this 2016 tour, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. I don't know if that's an order. They were both there. Uh, Tampa, which is a show that we did way back, probably two years ago now, and, and this. And uh, Jacksonville finished that little four show stretch. And the last time that they had played anything in Florida before that, you guys talked about 2012, 2012 in the U S was kind of a tour year for them. They did the made in in America festival. And uh, this, they played DeLuna fest in Pensacola, Florida. So that was the last time before this little Florida run that they were in Florida. But the last time proper before then was in 2008 where they did a night in Tampa and they did a night at West Palm beach. So, it's pretty much for the Florida faithful. It's about eight years since Pearl jam had been there proper, you know, no official 2013 lightning bolt tour. So the the band did pretty good at getting all those dates in and making sure they kind of spread the wealth because, you know, Miami's further from Tampa and Tampa's further from Fort Lauderdale and Jacksonville's not close to any of that stuff. So I think, I think they spread the wealth pretty good there. Um, Anything else? outside of Florida? Like what do you guys want to talk about Jacksonville at all? Cause it's not a place I know very much about, but it seems like the area is at least uh, interesting. Yeah.
4: It's, it's, it's all right. I've, I've spent some time there. Uh, obviously visiting my friend down there and he got married there. And um, so, you know, going down and, and getting on the beach, it's the Atlantic side. You know, I, I'm kind of a Gulf snob myself. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's nice beaches and, um, it's, but, uh, as you get into, like before you even get to the beach, it's like, if you're driving through town, it's kind of a concrete jungle on, honestly, hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of strip malls. Uh, a lot of a lot of bail bondsmen. If uh, uh, as uh, that'll <laughs> come up later, a little later. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's a nice it's a nice town.
3: It's huge. Like the sprawl there is like you know, and, and we're we're in Atlanta, where we know a lot about sprawl. But Jacksonville, I think we mentioned before we start recording. It's it's the largest land area city in the U.S. Like Duval County is just huge. Like you think about as far as square miles, it's bigger than New York City the city limits and los angeles and all that stuff so just a huge area and i think it's one of the things that'll come into play here is it's known for the military bases that are around there that plays a big part in this too and i think that that was something that kind of turned me off a little bit because this is kind of pro jam in there like pro military support the troops like zone that they sometimes get into which is you know it's not my favorite i'd prefer you know the, the little angrier side but it is what it is you know they they're always going to do that they're they're going to highlight those people and we'll talk about that as we get into get into it but that was something that yeah i mean going back on it it, it doesn't bother me as much you know knowing about it but at the time i was just kind of like yeah can we just can we just get to more songs like i'm that doesn't really doesn't really do it for me but and that's probably just me and i know the, the people there means a lot to them so i, I get it but it, it, that that does play a big part in this as well kind of
0: the the area around it yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's easier for them to do it when there's not a war going on. And we've talked about times in 2006 where they're obviously very anti war and they're not really doing this sort of thing. So there's not a lot going on. And, and I, I, I think that at Tampa, they had mentioned that Thomas Young, um, his book was coming out around this time so i i, I think him his uh, eddie's relationship with thomas young like they were they were very very close so I, i'm wondering if that was on his mind and kind of going into jacksonville and seeing all the uh navy bases and everything like that if that was something he was thinking about so all right sure. one two three four two three opens the show one two three four two i seem to recognize your- It's funny because I thought Jacksonville was a smaller city than like something like Miami or something like in Orlando or something like that. So I thought that opening with this was kind of a nod to sort of the smaller town. But like you said, it's the biggest landmass in America. That's not true. So maybe it's it's the opposite here.
4: Yeah, and almost, almost, yeah. 900,000 people as well. Not, not exactly a small town, but uh, yeah.
0: 15,000 in the arena, which is a lot. That's you know, <laughs> a couple thousand less than a Madison Square Garden or a Wells Fargo Center in Philly.
4: Yeah, but just kind of thinking back to, to I mean, you hear the commercials on Sirius XM, you know, Stone saying as soon as you start, you know, they start playing that song, you know, that hello, you know, um, it's like, kind of opens up the set list and and gets things kicked off really nicely
3: yeah it's also kind of a way for him to gauge the crowd too because some of those i think some of those early florida shows especially miami i think the crowd is not kind of up to where some of the crowds would be later on in the tour and you know fort lauderdale is kind of a weird area to play so i think they were kind of gauging the crowd in small towns when when you open the open a small town it's a good way for them to kind of feel out how the how the night's going to go how the crowd's going to go cuz they they can like like Chris like you mentioned that you get that hello and everybody everybody tries to be as loud as they can be and you know, I'm on the rail and I'm I'm looking right at stone like on Stone's side and I'm yeah we we we're, we're all just screaming along right from the beginning trying to trying to to make our presence felt but yeah, this was this is it's I mean it's a great opener. It's, it's something that, you know, that they don't always do it in the in the big places, but and maybe a little bit of irony too, like they might have heard that, you know, they do their research, they know they might have figured out that this was uh, kind of the largest city limits area in the country and like, "Why don't, why don't we just open the small town and do do a little dig at that there? Maybe something going on there."
0: You know, it's funny cuz this tour, it felt like the slow burn opener was kind of thrown by the wayside and i wonder if that came from that early onset of that that miami and fort lauderdale shows where the crowds weren't really in it because i think that tampa show the opener was why go the night after this is obviously greenville the the openers corduroy a a couple weeks later at msg they would open up back-to-back nights with uh go and then corduroy i think philly both nights was opening with once so there was a trend here of opening with some of the more faster songs. And this is one of the very few from this tour that they actually opened up with a slower songs. So very interesting to think about and going right into a nice little section here, big chunk, mind your manners, hell, hell last exit lightning bolt. I, you know, I liked minor manners. I thought minor manners sounded pretty good. He had some range, but you can kind of tell his voice sounded a little strained on a final yell. And then it kind of carried over a little bit into last exit. I don't know if you guys felt the same way and it didn't continue out. It didn't continue throughout the show, but it felt like very early on. He was very short winded almost.
4: Yeah. I, I don't know if I, if I really thought that, uh, it was he was short-winded or whatever um it just felt like you know that that stretch of songs has is energetic you know it's, it's got a lot of energy there hail hail last exit lightning bolt you know like it just felt like it, it wasn't quite there right you know it was it it looks good on paper but uh you know it was just lacking a little bit of umph of i guess
3: yeah for me hail hail You know, was the one in that third spot that really kicked in for me. Like I'm like, oh shit, no code this early. Here we go. You know, and that was the one that, that for me, when I really started to to get into it, and I thought that that was awesome. And then yeah, uh, I think you're right. Last exit, I think he lets kind of the crowd take some of the parts there to kind of again kind of gauge it out, and maybe his voice wasn't quite warmed up yet, but yeah i think like like chris said like this is a, a great way you know small town get get everybody in and then and then punch them in the face with this this little four song section and i think ed really started to feel it in lightning bolt it's got a really good solo it's kind of extended it's doing the windmill thing doing the p towns and moves so he, he kind of changes that lyric you know instead of to the great northwest it's to jacksonville so kind of throwing in the, the little nod to the city there so i think yeah they, they they were it just took them a little longer to get warmed up than usual yeah.
2: yeah
4: their first trip to jacksonville that's right. trip. Right? Yeah, that's,
0: that's very true and later on they'll say this is where we're going to retire or this is where we're going to have our retirement show which is I, I don't think maybe, maybe they hit every single city that they've ever done whenever they decide to do a retirement tour, but maybe they do go back to Jacksonville. Who the hell knows? Uh, all right. So that was uh, a pretty jam packed section right there. I think a lot of songs that you want in that early onset, as we mentioned, minor manners, hail, hail last exit lightning bolt. And it brought you into a little bit of a cool down before kind of the middle section, nothing man. And This is interesting to me because I did some math and I thought to myself, and this mostly happened during the deprogrammed episode where nothing man advanced into the final 40. I said to myself, when was the freaking last time we covered this song? Wrigley of 2013 was the last time. Can you believe that? It's
3: criminal. That's criminal.
0: Yeah. So I mentioned in the Toronto episode and the binaural episode that we were going to do some song appreciation this year for songs that we don't cover a lot or haven't covered in a long time. And today I'm giving that nod to Nothing Man.
1: i yeah, yeah, yeah. cannot be
0: the floor open you could talk about this version you could talk about your relationship with the song but just speak poetic about this song and how great it is
4: yeah i thought this uh this rendition was was quite good you know um it it was interesting because he hasn't talked yet really uh and and to go into that sixth song and just kind of like that slow burn down and and kind of get into that um ballad type uh feel it was very uh it was it was great i mean if if, if you listen to the bootleg and and obviously the the video that's uh that's online now um it's just it's just a great song you know it's it's and you can hear the the crowd a bit um in the boot you know they they definitely uh, they definitely understood and got into it
3: i absolutely love this song like especially you you mentioned going back and doing the d program like this song if you just if you haven't listened to Phytology, just go back and just the guitar tone of that first chord when when it hits you like it's just the kind of perfect. perfect sound that gets it's, into it too.
0: It's so good. Oh,
3: it's it's one of my favorite beginnings to a to a song. And yeah, it's I think it's one of the most underrated songs in their catalogue. You know, we've talked about a few, like Save You and and, you know, some of the stuff off of Binaural and Riot Act, but nothing man i think is one that doesn't get a lot of love but i love when they when they kind of break up that this first section with a song that you don't expect like this like they'll they've thrown in like an angel or an off he goes or kind of something to throw you off like a like like chris mentioned like a battle like a slower one like a lot of times you'll get like even like a low light or a, something of one of those slower ones off a of yield here and it's oh it's just great ed sounds good i think like like i mentioned he he, he finally warmed up during lightning bolt and sounds great and this one i i was you know the front row just blown away like and again we we talk about how they how they mix up these songs you know you start off with verses you go to lightning bolt no code vitalogy back to lightning bolt vitalogy again and you go on and like the next few songs are going to mix up the albums even more it's just it's just perfect perfect set construction for for an early Part of the main set like because i was i was in heaven when they were playing this it was fantastic
0: i feel like every album got representation at the show am i right on that and some more than others yeah, i believe so yeah because riot got something and and Max spacer yeah. uh by yeah I, everything was hit that's very rare to get all the albums at least hitting one song so interesting very interesting and yeah I, i'll you know, I'll wax poetic a little bit. I love this song and I, you know, live, it's just one of the f- ones that you kind of forget the, the content of it for a second and you kind of forget that it's a little, I guess, you know, depressing in, in a way and sort of kind of makes you think about things and and if you're thinking about the past and thinking about past relationships it puts you in a different mindset, but man, when you you're able to sing along with this song live and you're kind of reaching Ed's vocal points there. Ooh, this is, this is one of, this is one of my favorites. And, you know, it's funny because they didn't take, it, it took a little bit of a, a, it took some time for them to get used to the song because when Vitalogy came out, they didn't really play it in 95 at all. They played it, I guess for the first time in the bridge school show the the first time since the album had come out. And then once 98 came, they started playing a little bit, but it wasn't a very common song maybe until around before the backspacer or avocado. So this, this is kind of a late stage Pearl jam song, kind of in the same vein as, as low light. So great that it's around and great that we get it a lot. So Thankfully, we got it to on this show, and and hopefully we get to do this more this year. Who, who knows? But at least we got the appreciation part out of it. So,
3: and right. and Chris
0: and Chris and I were two for two because they had played this in uh, Music Midtown in Atlanta, twenty twelve. Too there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. yep, not too bad. So Ed welcomes everyone to the last night of the Florida tour. Here we are in Jacksonville, where he said he'd never been before. Talks about meeting new friends and friends that are vet- veterans and. He gives a shout out to a friend, Colonel John McDonough. It's not the first time he's been mentioned at a show. Chris, when was the other time he was mentioned? I'll let you say it because I didn't realize what it was beforehand.
4: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was The Garden in 2010. You Crazy. were there, man. And the yep.
0: same song was dedicated for yep. that moment. So
4: yeah, which is which is interesting because it was when when Ed, you know tips his hat to somebody. And, and I you know, think back to like, you know, uh, Milwaukee or, you know, and, or the, for the yield show, you know, he's talking about Aaron Rodgers, which, you know, sorry, I'm a Vikings fan. <laughs> um, and they go in, they go right into given to fly. You know, that's kind of like the, the song that you would expect, uh, you know, after he talks about somebody and, and gives that sort of praise. Um, but no, they, they went into Army Reserve and and both times um, for Colonel John McDonough.
0: Yeah. Army Reserve is an interesting one. And this kind of section here, Army Reserve into given a the fly, then into rival. That is a sandwich you don't get very often. And there's a school of thought here. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, OK, maybe it works a little more if Army Reserve goes into rival and then. You build with Given a Fly into Corduroy, but I, I kind of see where they're coming from with this, because Given a Fly in between gets all of those people like your friend who is kind of you know the casual Pearl Jam fan. Army Reserve and Rival might just kind of sink them out of this, and and you got to put something in between to get them revved up during that time where you know they're, they're playing deep cuts.
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, um, and it, but it did it did feel a little uh, a little fractured. I mean, but uh, from from my perspective as a, as a you know, pretty big fan, um, you, know, you would you would expect those two songs to kind of be be together and then go into giving a fly. But you know it works. Um, and rival is not a, a song that they play very often. You know, it looks like uh, they haven't played it since uh, 2010.
0: Um, yeah, it, it had been 135 shows since they had
4: played. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just a little treat, you know?
0: <laughs> and 30, 30 shows since they played Army Reserve, and that's, that's a good chunk, too, in Army Reserve. That was the 29th time, Rival was the 21st. So these, a lot of little things from the show, like we said, they're, you know, they're plugging in every single album here. A lot of these are collector's items. If you like collector's items, you probably like this show because you're not gonna get Rival at too many shows in this era, unless you were lucky enough to hit the Toronto show that we covered a couple of weeks back. So uh, anything on the performances, I thought Army Reserve is just not my favorite song and it's just not my favorite live song because if I were there, it would have been almost unrecognizable to me, the way that the the progression of of the song goes. I think it would have been until Ed hit the lyrics and I wouldn't have known what it was. Rival, I thought, sounded fantastic. I thought Rival, like, it's not Pink Pop 2000 good, but it was, Ed was up there on that. I thought I thought that was an excellent performance of Rival.
4: wasn't I mean when they started playing it I was like what no no way <laughs> you know like <laughs> uh, and and at this juncture in the set list too it's like whoa um, just totally kind of caught us off guard but uh, yeah I thought the I thought it was pretty quality
3: yeah given the fly for me is the one like I had we had just adopted our our son you know I told that story when we did Greenville, and we like maybe a month before this so given the fly is one for me that hit me super hard and it's like pretty emotional and i think i even remember you know the drum starting for rival and even it took me a second to be like wait what song is this and then you know the guitar scene like oh shit and like this is one you never expect to hear and and rival and so that was definitely cool but think about it too you know we, we kind of talked about how you know there's kind of a you kind of get the the there's the whole military aspect to the show and the truth but how sneaky is it for ed to sneak in the two anti-gun songs in this set list, you get Rival and Glorified G a little bit later, and I think that's maybe a little bit, a little bit sneaking the middle finger in there as well to the uh, to the military bases as well. Like we're we're gonna we're gonna give you we're gonna give you the, the shout out on the stage. We're gonna we're gonna secretly be be pulling it back on underneath under the table. So I think that 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 just occurred to me. That that that's perfect for them. I think that I gotta think that that was done on purpose.
0: Very interesting. Moving on word into sort of the middle of the set here. Ed dedicates the next one to all the travelers, Italians, Greeks. We'll talk about Greeks later, Aussies, South Africans, Canadians, and anybody that doesn't believe in borders or boundaries or big bank accounts. And it's a little setting forth into Corduroy. I thought that setting forth was kind of cool because it was almost a little bit more of an atmospheric way to get into Corduroy instead of, and I'm kind of can make the comparison to interstellar overdrive a little bit that at least it had some sort of transition into it i i I like this though i think it could work either way where you get a really fast intro going into corduroy and then you know busting out in song but this is this kind of is more of a sing-along going into corduroy which is honestly this version very sing-along version so what did you guys think
4: yeah, it's it's a really quick song, obviously, um, and I was doing a little research, obviously, before the show, uh, this recording session, and you know, looking at looking at setting forth, there's just really two songs that that come right after it, and it's "Not for You" and it's "Corduroy." You know, thirteen for "Not for You" and twelve for "Corduroy," and yeah, you know, it 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 just you know, it it's a good uh, it's a good little segue.
3: Yeah, shout out to Matt Cameron. I think the story is that was his idea that he, he came to the band and was like, hey, you know, we, we could take that song and, and kind of use it and, and play it in the shows. And, yeah, I, I I love Setting forth. That's one of my favorite songs from Under the Wild. I think it's the message completely fits in with Pearl Jam Show. Like you mentioned, you can always dedicate it to the people that are traveling. And, yeah, I think it, it works great. I, I I love when they do this. I love when it's in front of Not For You. I think they, they could use it more often. You know, I think... Those aren't the only two. I think they they've used it with different ones and uh, all over the place. So yeah, they're, they're yeah, a few I ones. think it's yeah. great. Yeah, it
0: feels like we had covered one where they did the transition and not for you not very long ago, and I thought that sounded really really good, if I'm not mistaken. But I can't remember yeah. what show that was from. Uh, Corduroy. I mean, you're getting. I, I feel like you know, the two songs Army Reserve and Rival are not going to be crowd pleasers. They're going to be for the deep cut, the the inside people. The people that have been to every show people those people are going to love them the casual people not so much you bring them back with corduroy did this feel like it was more that the crowd was was back in the game here that oh, the, yeah. the energy was back
4: oh yeah for sure and ed ed even said that you know at the end of the end of the song you know he's like F- finally felt you on that one you know um <laughs> and it, it did it rocked you know um it was uh it was high energy and and was a great way to kind of wake a few people up
0: after corduroy going into even flow there was a little speech here and of course i don't have any notes on it because it wasn't in the youtube videos somebody (laughs) fill me in on all of ed's words
4: yeah, it was it was actually a, a really cool story. Uh, he's talking about how you know we have uh, uh, Mike and Stone, uh, and how you know early on in in, in the band's uh, lifetime, uh, that Stone was kind of you know he wrote all the songs and he was kind of slave driving, <laughs> uh, but then then he got into uh, you know Mike and uh, and Stone and, and how. They, their wives were pregnant at the same time um, by their respective mates, he says. Um, and then uh, you know, one of them, they're due a month apart. And one of them has, uh, has uh, theirs two weeks early. The other has two weeks late. And uh, <laughs> here they are born on the same day. Wow. Uh, Pearl Jam twins, which is incredible.
3: It's just incredible. That is so you got cool. the, that synergy with those guitar players. They got to be on the same page.
0: That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And what they must be like ten year old kids now, right? Something like that.
4: I think they were nine at that uh, during that show.
0: Okay, so they're yeah. they're teenagers now. I wonder that this is this is the time start getting the garage open i know it's, it's quarantine i know they're taking quarantine very seriously but you know after after this is all over maybe they're they're doing some sessions with with their dads and and starting to go over some songs that'd be very interesting maybe maybe ray cameron join them a little bit he might be a little older but olivia can sing for them <laughs> who knows could be a super group of the kids so that's very interesting goes into even flow
3: the thing that that stuck out to me was Mike immediately goes into the crowd for a solo behind the back and you know people are kind of grabbing the guitar and like no one's really sure if they should touch the frets like they're not they don't want to like mess up the solo because there's like a lot of very tentative guitar touching but yeah he was he was feeling it and then he goes back and like does the thing that I always love where he like goes up and kind of like gets up at the amp and does the feedback thing and really starts to feel it, so this was great and then you get a little bit of uh, throwback to the 2006, a little Matt fucking Cameron solo there, a little, little tease of it
4: is is really good at this point in time and and i know that you know. It was better than fort
0: lauderdale
4: <laughs> better than fort lauderdale didn't peak there uh <laughs> but uh yeah i know my buddy was was definitely enjoying it and um it was it was uh, a great performance
0: yeah and right that's exactly what ed says right afterwards he says i hope that The energy didn't peak in Fort Lauderdale. That might have been a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to to what was going on at that show. But there's more pandering. And like mentioned before, they said they're going to do their farewell tour there. So then they go into this. is going on because if you're down there john the people have to be freaking out right
3: absolutely yeah i never thought i would get to hear this song and this was i got to hear it twice this year which just amazing and i i love the song it's one of my favorites i can't believe it hasn't made any of these albums since 2006 like yeah just immediately mind blown i think i i probably jumped two feet up in the air when, when I heard that first note being played, and being like oh shit, because like, we'd already gotten Army Reserve, you'd already got Nothing Man, you'd already gotten Rival, we'd already gotten Hail Hail, so I'm like okay, so we're probably kind of, we've probably got to kind of hit our fill of these kind of like collector rare songs, but to get this was, oh my god, outstanding, and a, and a great version of it too.
4: So good, so good, I mean, you know, the, the guitar at the end, you know, just a great great version of the song love it 13 times it's only been played
3: yeah and they're all kind of different like I think that's one reason why they haven't been able to nail it down If you you can listen to all 13 and they're all kind of have subtle differences on on them I think it's it's kind of interesting I'd love to do an evolution on that someday
0: it's a complicated song and honestly I think it might be one of the most complicated that Ed's ever written I can't think of sort of a song that Ed's very you know verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus end and that's how he writes the songs. But this is just, there's so many different elements and Ed plays a bigger role in this song than usual. I, I wonder if that had to, to go into him not liking any of the recorded versions, but man, there's something about this song that when they go into that sort of solo section and it's a big, big chunk of that, where it's three to four minutes maybe where they're kind of jamming out and they break back into the verse. And when you get that moment, that's one of those, Where you feel you want to erupt at that when they go back. So good.
3: It's avocado i'd love to hear every time they've, they've attempted it as a studio i'm sure there's some, some great versions out there that we haven't heard yeah for I mean, sure.
4: it easily could have replaced buckle up hey watch Uh-oh. it watch You're it making <laughs> fights
0: you don't want to pick there watch <laughs> it at least he didn't say retrograde that's no right.
4: no that's a good one <laughs>
0: All right, uh, we mentioned this before, but a little section glorified G into Unthought Known. Glorified G is kind of playing into what you said before. A little bit of the anti-gun situation here, and it's also, what's the next night? A couple nights later, they're going to be playing in Greenville. So is this a practice round?
4: Mm. It would appear. I mean, we got glorified G into Unthought Known, and then the back-to-back. Uh, record songs songs. I think they were just they were just using us as guinea pigs
0: right let's see and and this is the one I I specifically remember what we we discussed uh during our show that we did on that and you said that in glorified g they kind of looked at each other Mike and Stone made a look at each other after the song ended Mike was like we got through it
3: he did he did the fist bump yeah I was going to mention that he kind of pumped his fist like yeah we did it you know, but so yeah, I think this was—they definitely knew what was going on, and I'm sure there was a conversation backstage. just like, okay, which one of those do we need to work on? And I'm sure someone says, like, stood up and went, "We probably need to do Glorify G one more time before we do that." So yeah, I gotta think that was it. Kind of, kind of, for for two reasons is on here: the the anti-war, anti-gun thing, and then the the practice for the the Versus show a few days later. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And I.
0: I... I think that's a good one to practice on because, you know, you don't get it a lot. And if you play something like WMA, that completely shifts the course of the show. You can't really do that. A Dissident would have worked earlier in the set. Maybe something else, maybe a Blood late in the set. But they played Blood in Tampa, so that could have been another, another oh, yeah. sign of what's to yeah. come. And, you know, maybe maybe a Rats would have been cool. But I think Glorified G was the one. I think like you said, it all kinda of worked out as planned. You know, people know Glorified G,
3: you know, being one of the first couple of records. But after Of the Earth I think a lot of people did not know that one. So you gotta you gotta come back with some you gotta come back with something that people know. I'm actually surprised It wasn't like, you know, something like a Jeremy, which we get later. I'm surprised it wasn't like a, like, yeah, like a big hit at this point, but kind of unthought known serves that same purpose. You know, it's, it's kind of got that kind of pop rock backspacer feel to it. So it's going to get, get the crowd back into it. Nothing wrong with it.
0: A backspacer followed by a lightning bolt song. And like you said, there's, you know, they're kind of going through some more uncommon stuff before they're going to get to the final two songs, which are pretty much known by everybody. I, the, biggest surprise from this show was how much I like to let the R- records play mm-hmm. not a song that really clicks with me and maybe it's because it's it's a little deep on an album I don't listen to a lot but Ed is so excited he, he starts it in the beginning he's like it's a swamp song for the Everglades it's a swamp it's a swamp it's a swamp Digging it. It's it's got a really good groove to it, and like it's got a good sound. The band seems to be vibing off it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm liking it.
4: I agree. I agree. It, it definitely has that swamp feel to it, that uh, sort of bluesy uh, influence to it, and, and and it isn't a super popular song, I guess, but uh, I, I like it. It's a good track.
0: Only played 21 times. This was the 19th time, and then the next night would be the 20th.
3: And again, we should mention too, a, a great Mike solo. I think just lifts it up to a, to a different level that he really takes off and goes somewhere really cool with it that, that you don't usually hear. So, yeah, this is this is great. And then you get, you know, you, and most of the time when you get let the records play, you're going to get the next one as well. So that was definitely cool. That's right. And Does
4: anybody remember
2: records? <laughs>
1: Does anybody? Remember-
0: John, it's it's funny because you've actually, now that I think about it, yep. three shows in a row, you've gotten yeah. this combo. Because you got it at that's Memphis, right. you got it mm-hmm. here, and then you got it at Greenville again. So that's, that's, right. that's So right. we're, Hey, no complaints, love it. Okay. I was gonna say, was it one of those things that was like, okay, let, let's let's see if we can get something else. I know. No, I'm, for I'm, day.
3: I'm not I'm not that jaded for okay. for it yet. Yeah, so yeah, I'll take it. Absolutely.
0: I'll take Spin the Black Circle Live every single day. Oh, cool.
3: Yeah, it just rips, rips. Oh. The thing I remember most about this, and I think I mention it every time, is you know, McCready running around the stage in a circle. We've got that wireless and like amp hooked up and he's playing being the needle, like running around the record, you know, playing going running all around the stage or even behind the drums, So that, that was super cool. Yeah, just love watching Stone on these, just fantastic.
0: Easing up for record store day, which I don't think they had a release. They didn't have a release in right. store. Was that not the State of Love and Trust breath year? The seven-inch maybe. I don't
3: think so. It was one of those years that 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 breath State of Love and Trust seven-inch made us, but it next one. it could have been the next one. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's uh, another another story for another day. We'll we'll put the mystery man on. that one. So. Uh, I mean, we, we said that there were a couple uncommon songs and some songs that maybe people don't really know, but you're finishing the set, Spin the Black Circle on Porch. You can't ask for too much better than that. And Porch gets that kind of very quiet riffy intro where it's just kind of Ed and they kind of pause before really digging into the song. I thought this was a really cool crowd moment where Ed's kind of pointing and, and he's grabbing a sign during this and the sign looks like it has a full set, set list written out on it. Did you get like a first-hand glimpse of this big orange poster board? I think I remember them
3: passing it around kind of before the show started. Because, you know, you get in to GA at like 5.30 or 6 o'clock, and then you have kind of a couple hours to kill before the show starts. And I think they people were kind of like, oh, you know, what's that? Because it's, you know, it's bright orange. And Yeah, I, I do remember that there were a bunch of songs written on it, and I think it was... It was one of those that like some of the stuff they're never gonna play like i think it was it was this person had just written down all of the rare songs that like they wanted to hear and like yeah it just was never was never gonna happen but you know they they gave it a shot so more power to you but yeah porch is cool because you know it's it's green lantern time you know jeff and mike it's their their side is always fun to watch on that because they're always playing around with it trying to knock each other in the head and like you know, Jeff's kind of like doing his lean back, and yeah, it just really cool. And you get Ed kind of teases like he's gonna do a big stage dive, and yeah, just a, a lot of fun, a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, definitely good energy to end the set, and, and you know, I feel like, geez, at least four of the four of the five shows I've been to, just ended the first set.
0: <laughs> it pretty um, much is is a common occurrence <laughs> now, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's a great track though.
0: All right, so we are at the Encore. We're going to take a break for a second and talk a little bit about what's going on at Patreon. Um, Chris, you've been a patron for a long time now. I'm going to let you sell the people. Why should they become patrons of our show?
4: Oh, man, it's uh, how many countless hours do you guys spend, you know, putting putting together all this great content for us? At least and- three yeah i mean at least three a week yeah <laughs> but it's it's i mean just to think about the the effort you guys go into and and all the you know all the great two uh, all the great bootlegs and and it's just i mean five bucks a month or or you know ten bucks a month it's it's like pfft, dude there's a lot lot less uh entertaining things that you you spend your money on and this is uh I'm I'm happy to be the patron of of uh, live and four legs.
0: We're happy to have you, man. And yeah, like you, you actually you saw that we we switched the tiers. You went to the horizon leg, you were the first person to do it. You didn't even know what it was. You're like, all right, like, I'll be that. the horizon leg, and you wanted to one up the next person. So <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, It's just
4: because purple is my favorite color.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And obviously that horizon leg tier is all going into what we're doing for live on fourlegs.com, the almanac, the chronology, whatever we want to call it at this point. Basically, we're trying to make a Pearl Jam Wikipedia here. And uh, we're working on it. We're we're working on the kinks. And and if that's something that you want to get involved with, obviously Patreon is a good way to start. Patreon.com slash live on four legs uh, or head over to the Patreon app and search live on four legs. Um, but we have the three tiers. The bonus leg is going to get you everything that is on that app anything that we post you're going to be able to listen to it you're going to be able to interact with us join forums whatever is available you're in the giggle Egg, you get to come in you get to pick a show like chris is doing today you get to talk about your favorite show talk about your favorite moments and the horizon leg you're going to kind of be a part of this website and be a part kind of given an executive producer role and uh, what chris is actually going to be doing probably going to release it the next day after this. So, you know, expect it to go down on Thursday, but Chris is going to do a full profile episode on solely his Pearl Jam fandom. So that's another cool thing. That's another thing we're starting to do now and we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a lot of fun just listening to some stories and, and getting some laughs and getting some uh, good moments in there. So uh, if those are all things that you're interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs or Live on Four Legs on the Patreon app. We do have two new patrons this week. Um, but there's two patrons that I want to shout out because I didn't shout them out the week before. They switched over from Bonus Leg to Giggle Leg. And I mentioned all the people that switched over to the Horizon Leg last week, but I want to give a, a shout out to the people that joined the Giggle Leg, Matt Thompson and Randy Cross. Thank you so much to you both. Oh, thank the, you. There. Yeah, absolutely. Up, That's, That's there. Uh, so the two new, uh, patrons to thank Gunter habits and Robert Chad Clemens. So welcome to the Patreon team. Welcome to live on four legs team guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Great. All right. We're at the encore here and, uh, right away, Ed gets a pillowcase thrown on stage and it says play ghost for the Greek. And he says, I'll sleep on it because that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. It's a pillowcase. Supposed to put a pillow in it, then you sleep on it. That's, oh, that's
2: dad joke. Dad
0: yeah, whoa, yeah. gotta get ready for dad jokes there. Uh, and then he makes a Jacksonville joke about the bail bondsman's of offices. <laughs> So that's, that's part of the area. Like you said, it's kind of a concrete jungle over there. So no, we've,
3: we've got those in Atlanta too. We know all yeah, about
0: it. I, yeah. I, I know I've been, I've been around Hartford. I, I know what it's like. Uh, so it leads to a trio of Ed solo songs here. And I'm just going to go down the line. Everyone had kind of a dedication to, towards it. So, I Won't Back Down was dedicated to, uh, to of course, his favorite Floridian, Tom Petty. And probably, I think they played it one other time this year. So this was one of the last times that they had played I Won't Back Down before Petty had passed away. So that's important to note there. I Am a Patriot dedicated to a father of a veteran who just died and Just Breathe is for Heidi. Uh, there is a girl named Heidi that's on uh, the social. She's on social media accounts all over the place. I see her a lot. I wonder if that's the same Heidi. If it is, hi. Hi Heidi. I know she's she knows of the show and and maybe she's a listener. So, uh very cool to get a shout out there. This section, what would you guys think because this is all solo Ed except for Boom joining in on Just Breathe. So, is this is this getting you guys fired up? I thought I won't back down was great, but then you get into Patriot and you're it's still it's still ed. It's still a little slow. Just breathe. It's not really progressing to, you know, something bigger with the band. What'd you guys think of this start to the encore?
4: Yeah, I mean, it, to your point, it's it, it was uh, <clears throat> one of those slow burns again. Um, I did like, but uh, I won't back down. Um, I thought it was a good, good version of that. Um, it being in Tom's home state and uh, definitely a lot of crowd participation. You can hear people, you know, all around me singing along. So that, I thought that was great. Um, I'm a Patriot, uh, first time that I, I've, I've heard that one, but it, it was interesting. I think I've heard it two or three more times since then. And, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, again, going back to the, uh, the military angle of, of Jacksonville, you know, it, not surprising at all that we see that there, uh, in the, in the first encore.
0: I just want to real quick, give a shout out to everybody that pitched in this past week. We were, uh, one of our listeners, Sam got in touch with us and said, Hey, is there any way that we can get rid of this, uh, this video that's on YouTube? And it was maybe this version of, I'm a patriot. I'm not sure which one it was. It was Ed solo though. And it was cut to images of the Confederate flag. So, Everybody did their part and uh, we got we reported the, the song and we got it banned and, and it is no longer on YouTube. So everybody give yourselves a round of applause. Fantastic nice. work. You know, sometimes the Pearl Jam community can really come into play. And, and this was big, really big. Thank you to you guys, because we just didn't want that being a representation of the band and, and the band didn't want that either. I know firsthand that the band definitely didn't want that. So thank you. Yes.
3: Yeah, especially, especially with the tone of everything that's been going on this past week and the, that's going to keep going the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You 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 know, we knew that, you know, that they're not going to want to be associated with that type of thing. You, you know, especially with, you know, like I said, with everything that's been going on, but yeah, for me, absolutely. I won't back down is, is the highlight, you know, and, and Jacksonville is the closest to Gainesville, which is Tom's hometown. It's only, probably about an hour away closest of the four Florida shows to it. So you knew they were going to play that for him. And yeah, I thought it was great. The, the crowd did a really good job on it. Every, every like you said, Chris was in the back. He could hear everybody singing along. I was up front. I could hear everybody singing along. It was fantastic. And I, I was, however, hoping that when they started just breathe that Jeff would come out and, and do his baseline. But unfortunately it, it was, it was not to happen at this one, but yeah, I'll, I'll get it someday, but yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with it. You know, uh, to get him to give the little band a break, you know, they, they still got a lot of songs to go. So I, I get it. But, uh, yeah, didn't mind at all. A couple of covers and a and a you know, what I've you'd you'd love to get a footsteps or something a little crazier there, but we already had so many rare ones in the main set I didn't mind at all. I was still riding off that.
0: That was definitely a point that I was thinking of too. Like and you're about to get another rare one coming in in a yeah, song yeah. or two. So I you kind of for you'll you'll forget about this section. The only thing I I like it when everybody's involved where, you know, Ed isn't taking up the spotlight for three straight songs i thought that you know maybe that was a little bit much and and getting also getting matt's backup vocals on just breathe and jeff's bass in on just breathe that's those are highlights to me and uh you know un- unfortunately we didn't get them here but we've seen it a billion times where they have so just one of the ones that we didn't in between the next uh deep cut that we're going to talk about they played jeremy i think you needed a big hit after that to kind of get that crowd back into it back and energized did it feel energized after this it sounded pretty good
4: yeah definitely i know my buddy definitely uh understood that uh yeah this was one of the hits um you know, not being a huge pj fan but um yeah it was it was a good uh it was a good good version of it and, and definitely feel a little more energy than uh coming out of those those three slow ones um from the back
3: and yeah even if you've heard it a thousand times you when that ending kicks in and everybody kicks in with the woes at the end it's still really cool and it's still a good moment and i you know you're still trying to scream as loud as you can it's it it hits still just as hard and so it's great
0: yeah yeah for sure and you're transitioning into the deep cut called ghost we've only covered it a very very few times on this show and uh one of the times that we covered it it was a dedication to the same person that it was dedicated to here uh demi the greek you guys probably know who he is he kind of officiates some boards and some facebook pages and everybody kind of knows who he is he's been to a ton of shows you see the greek flag all over the place so the band knows of him and and wants to give him the nod because ghost is his favorite song so uh yeah and it's kind of popularized as being a song when you think of ghost and if you're in that kind of part of that community that, that know him and know uh people that know him everybody kind of knows that ghost is his song so uh great performance too i I didn't think this did this wasn't a slap performance and we've heard versions of this that were like okay yeah i get where they're coming from why they have only played it 20 times at this point but this was this was a really good one i thought that i like this ghost
4: being my second show, it wasn't one of those songs where I was like, oh, huh, you know, like really super stoked to hear it. I was like, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is one of those that I'm like, I probably need to brush up on this one a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's become, you know, it's become one of the highlights of the of the, of the, uh, the bootleg for sure. And, and uh, one, one memory I'll, I'll certainly take.
3: It's
0: funny. Well, it's, even two it's, of the deeper cuts are, are some of the best tracks from this. Group. Rival and Ghost yeah. are both fantastic. Yeah,
3: it's cool too because you know, do you guys know what was crossed off for this on the set list.
0: Actually, don't I didn't look it up. What, what was it? It's
3: the Fixer. They were originally going to play <laughs> the Fixer here. Oh wow! And it gets gets crossed off for Ghost. So I was definitely happy to happy okay. to hear that. So I I gotta think you know when whoever threw that pillowcase up and the encore break you know they they kind of did. Did an ad lib there and switched it up. But yeah, if you you can go back and find the original set list with fixer crossed off and, and ghost in there. But he does change the lyric to, you know, Dimitri talks to me. There was a guy uh about halfway back in the GA that was had a ghost like costume on that was wearing like a sheet. Mm-hmm. You hear him kinda of go, Keely, Keely, there's a ghost. In the middle. <laughs> in the middle. Like so they had him up on the they had him up on the big screen, I think. And I I think the word going around was that was Dimitri, because I think he was supposed to be at the show, but I think later on it, they found out maybe it wasn't. But who knows? Just a, a super cool moment, and uh, cool for them to, to play it. I definitely, you know, it's one of those that you never think you're gonna get.
0: So again, super cool. A lot of rare, a lot of rare ones at the show. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For somebody going to their fifth show, somebody going to their second show, you got yeah and and another
3: underrated one too. I think Duster and Ghost. I think both great songs that they don't play enough
0: yeah mm-hmm. uh, you you guys can kind of have some feather a feather under your cap and when you trade information with uh with your fellow people that have been to 20 shows maybe they've never seen it cuz I've never seen ghost I've been to 20 shows I've never seen rival I've been to 20 shows so you just never know you know you never know what you're going to hit on any single on any certain night so uh and that's one of the, that's one of the things that kind of rings true about the show that it just has these these gems in there that you
4: absolutely know, and it I, I... And I kicked myself for not going to Greenville, you know mm. uh, and uh, but yeah, there's a lot of gems in this uh in this set list and and feathers in our caps that we definitely can be appreciative of
0: that's right, so you're finishing off the encore one with evolution and better man there was a fun moment in evolution uh good good uh toss and catch here where ed Tosses the mic into the crowd, gives the fan a moment where he's doing the whoa, 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 and uh, Ed, Ed liked it. Ed, Ed, was, was, uh, Ed was a fan. Oh, oh.
3: so jealous that wasn't me i wish i'd been you know 10 feet to the left that would have been cool but yeah not, not to have happened
0: it feels like ed favors mike's side more than he favors stone's side when it comes to mm-hmm. crowd like that and mm-hmm. unfortunately like stone's side is easier to get to so maybe he's i i don't i don't know what the the thought process is behind it there's yeah. probably no thought process but just something you notice
3: I mean, I, I had my I had my moment with him in Charlotte and and uh, in Columbia. So I've, I've I've had I've had my time. It's, it's, everybody gets their fifteen minutes. I guess for sure, for sure.
0: Uh, in between songs, though, Ed uh, points out somebody's shirt. It might have been the same person. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was the same person. He has yeah. a shirt that says Keith Richards for president, and it says if well, you know, he ain't gonna die, and if he was gonna if Ed was gonna vote for a guy with a whole bunch of money who hasn't lived a similar similar life to anybody else in the last 40 years i suppose i'll vote for him obviously that's a wink wink nudge nudge to you know who
3: and he he calls over mike too he sees the shirt and he he goes mike mike come over here look at this cuz mike is the stones guy and the the reaction on mike's face he does kind of like a like a double take like what oh, me you're calling out me what's going on like it's it's a really really funny moment
0: so uh then we get better man and uh ed gives a shout out in the crowd for for singing in the first chorus because it's sounding real good this is one of those moments it feels like you're closing out the first set and uh the crowd is on top of their game the band is on top of their game the save it for later tag is an actual lyrical save it for later tag instead of just some don't run away uh back and forth and then ending with a ton of windmills great moment from this show
1: On it it mm-hmm. you, you hit the deck You can find
4: up that first encore, uh, so much energy, I mean, again, the crowd around me, you know, all seen at the top of the lungs, um, it's just incredible.
3: Yeah, and I think it, I always like to to look for those little moments where you get two band members that kind of like team up and kind of play off each other a little bit. You get Ed and Mike Ed this and this point, right. but when Ed's got the guitar on, they're playing, they kind of like get I kind of get down low and kind of playing off each other it's it's a really cool moment and then ed you know does the we're not worthy bow and the same for later has kind of an angry start to it and it, it kind of felt like that was a little charged a little more than usual he almost was kind of like spitting that, that first line out of it you know you don't normally get that so yeah better man great way to, to finish this encore oh, fantastic
0: for sure yeah highlight from the show absolutely now we're on to the second encore coming back out i mean You know, Better Man's a good way to close, but you got a lot more to go. I think there's seven more songs in this set. Uh, A couple more gems. The first one that's going to be up here is another. That's kind of a checklist song. You don't get it every single show. And especially the way that they're going to do it Mm -hmm. is turning around to the back. So, Chris, you were you said you were in the back, right?
4: Uh, not that back. Oh, I was okay. In, All right. I was in the I was in the other back. Gotcha, uh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but no, definitely they uh, you know, they he he bought some time with uh telling some stories and while they got set up and uh and played to the to the back behind the stage.
3: Yeah, that was a weird story, like changing love to live. Like I Yeah, yeah that was, was weird. It didn't sound like it went it anywhere, is. but then he he refers back to it at the very end of the night after after Ledbetter. And it was it kind of felt like he was, he, he thought there was going to be like an emotional kind of moment to it, but it was just kind of like, okay. Right. So your phone changes, like love you can live. turn that off. Like everybody I was think kind
0: of like, huh. This is a case Gen X or not understanding yeah. technology.
4: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Fucking duck is one thing, but love and live. I'm not sure.
0: Right. Yeah.
3: But again, like again, to the back, like they, they had a separate drum set. Like they, they've, you know, the, it was, it was professional at this point. Like they've got a whole other setup back there, so they can just like leave, go do the thing, and they don't have to spend any time. Like I, I could only see I could only see Ed because he was kind of standing on the drum riser a little bit, but you I couldn't even see the rest of the band. So yeah, it's it's a treat for those people because they they've had to they've had to sit and watch their backs the whole night. So and to, and it gets small. You know, it's normally it's normally a last kiss for a small town. Or I was gonna say was this ones, a, but... a surprise? Mm-hmm. oh yeah smile absolutely great great choice love it and the other yeah.
0: song that they usually do is elderly woman which obviously' mm-hmm. the set so w- when they when they turned around did you automatically assume it was going to be last kiss
3: I think so yeah I think I, I was ready for it but yeah the smile is again. Any time you get anything off a of no code, I'm um, um, two thumbs up, all, all in. So, love it.
4: I
0: Thank God it wasn't
4: Last Kiss.
0: <laughs> I've had that moment, too, where like I knew they were turning around to the back, and I was actually in the back. They did it a couple of times at, on that 2013 tour. And I, I kind of thought when they were going to do it, all right, here's Last Kiss. I can you know take a breather or take a break. And then they would do Elderly Woman and suddenly like, okay, I'm into this, I like this, this is good. So change it up a little bit, play different songs for the back, I like it, indeed. Uh, and the harmonica sounded really just vibrant on this version. Mm-hmm. I thought that the harmonica sounded really good. Jeff's solo sounded fantastic in this. Yeah, this is this is a cool version of Smile for sure. You don't get it, honestly, after this, they start playing it a little more eight times after this performance, which is pretty good considering that you know, from 25 years on, it's only been played 77 times. So that's not a lot. But eight times after 2016, the song has kind of found its favorite. Um, Once falls up and Ed tees that up by saying this is a little fairy, fairy tale off the first record. Once would come into play. In a couple of weeks when they're doing the Philly shows, obviously, but he puts on an orange hat that somebody was actually offering him during porch. If you saw that in in the video and and he puts it on. And like you said before, people are throwing stuff. People are throwing hats and shirts and pillowcases and, and posters. And it seems like they're just like, okay, cool, new gift, cool, awesome.
3: They, I mean, they, they could have put up a flea market after the show for all the stuff that that was thrown on stage. Yeah, it was nonstop.
4: Yeah, and, and uh, I think they crossed off uh, a cover for this, uh, for to play once in this set.
0: What was it? Was it Sonic Reducer? I feel like uh, I saw Sonic Reducer was supposed to be a part of this.
4: I think it was uh, Raynor Me. Oh, oh,
0: okay, interesting. Cause that's not one they really played in this era too much. That's, that's a lot different. Smile into once is a completely different. I I wonder if they were sort of feeding off what the crowd was, if that was a, uh, you know, going backstage and sort of figuring it out. Like, like you said, they took a a little while before they got back on stage.
4: Yeah. I mean, definitely a hit. I mean, putting in 10 there with all the other, you know, gems that came, came in the set list and, and a few quiet moments, you know, let's 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 finish it off right and and take us all home and uh make it a memorable night
0: yeah for sure yeah and and ed is at this point ed is uh ed is in a mood it seems like he's he's uh he's good and and drinky and he's he's got a buzz going on and and he's got that kind of walk that he does when when you know he's a little bit both buzzed and energetic, and he's slurring his words, taking a few extra swigs. So it seems it seems like he's hit the bottle this night. Which well, is I think that, that this was where
3: the bottle gets passed around. Right? He he went down and and gave it. Uh, there was some point in this where he goes down and passes around down the front row.
0: Yeah, I I do Yeah, it does make sense that it would be in between here because the rest of the songs were all kind of back to back to back to back there. So yeah, that does make sense, but. Um, but that it's going into black. You get two 10 songs in a row near the end here, which is, is definitely playing towards the crowd. And this is interesting because of the ending, instead of doing like we belong together, he does something else because he sees a sign in the crowd going back to the signs. John, why don't you tell him what they were doing?
3: Yeah, so I was on on the rail on Stone Side, and to the right of me, like kind of over by the speaker at the far right, there was someone had a sign. I think it was a maybe. A, I'm trying to remember. I think it was like a guy and his son had a sign for thumbing my way. And I think early on in the night, Ed had kind of looked at it and kind of given him like a like a shrug, like, "Oh, you know, we we can't we can't do that. We don't know it." But he, you know, they they kept the sign up all night, so. I think he, he went over to look at it before black and yeah it does like a a really nice like little tag of thumbing my way onto black is i don't think we've ever gotten this before really really nice
1: oh, the rust is fine.
3: that just off the cuff you know to just think of it and and have the ability to be able to kind of fit the words into the melody and like it's it's just really well done and like you you would have thought they would have done it 25 times but yeah it's 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 a really special moment and i think they you know for those people i think it was over there with the guy and his kid you know he always wants to make make a point and he sees those kind of like the generational thing together and he he made a point to do that so yeah another special moment for for a fan yeah just Th- all throughout the show.
0: Chris, did you pick up on that in the moment where he's singing the line, all these rusted signs we've ignored throughout our lives? Did you, did you recognize that? Or was it until mm. he actually said thumbing my way back to heaven?
4: No, I mean, it, it, I had to listen to the bootleg a few times to get that. I mean, again, my seats were not the greatest, uh, but, uh, uh the, the version was by and large, really, really good i mean mike did the you know the reverb and whale well sounds yeah dude just uh, so so good uh, i think that was one of the really kind of one of the highlights for me too is like he he just he just ripped it you know
3: so head a- spinning around during the the, the I'm spinning, I'm spinning part like yeah yeah just how yeah. many great versions of black have we covered recently? Like last year it was, that was like the theme of the too last many and not half of, of 2020, but yeah, we're starting this off with another great version. Yeah. Just and last fantastic. week. we did
0: a good one too. Previous yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Very early version. Seattle. Yeah. Only the fourth time they'd ever played it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, we're gonna pretty much cover black almost every single show that we do, and and uh, yeah, it's 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 always it's always gonna be a moment. So this one extra special for sure. To finish off the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna add state of love and trust into our bread and butter that we usually talk about. So let's go state of love and trust into alive, into rocking in the free world, into lead better. And I'm just going to throw these on the table. The, you know, the one thing that I noticed was that it was cool to see Jill on the side stage during this. That was, that was pretty cool. I think she was probably with her sister. Cause there was somebody that looked exactly like her right next to her. So that would make some sense. Uh, but anything from these last four, and it feels like it's, it's a good party atmosphere to end, end the show. What stood out to you during this?
4: yeah so you know coming out of atlanta rocking in the free world you know that's how they closed the set um you know because they're running out of time so i was uh i was actually feeling kind of like oh man is this they're really going to end with this again you know like come on i want to get lead better and then you know after they you know passed out the tambourines you know then the lights are all on and and uh Mike, you know, Ed, Ed looks at Mike. You, you still want to play? And he gets into Ledbetter, and I was like, "Yes, thank you." Uh, it was, uh, it was definitely a good moment for me as, uh, as you know, my second show, and and that's the first time I got to hear Ledbetter.
3: Yeah, this this section, like you said, Randy, this is the party is on, and immediately after Black, you know, it, when Mike Mike starts off State of Love and Trust, and he is poised and ready, like he is in attack mode ready to get at that song and it's a you don't usually think of state of love and trust as like part of this kind of like end of the show party atmosphere but but it's great like they're in a great mood and the thing that struck out to me with the live too I don't know it, it it really hit me too like there's a band I don't know if people are familiar called the hold, hold steady they have they they did a live stream back in uh December that I was watching it really kind of stuck with me cuz their singer does a thing at during the song that they have, and he, he always says a line about, you know, there is so much joy in what we do up here, and that's kind of like he gets everyone to scream along, and that kind of resonated with me. I was thinking about that during this performance of Alive because it kind of hit me in a, in a different way than I remembered it because, you know, but the, you're there, you've, you've been there for two and a half hours, you're kind of, you're worn out, but you're still having a good time, but you can just see it on their faces. Like, they're still, they still love it after, you know, 25, 26 years at this point. And it just hit me that this, this song is just a joy for them to play. Like they love seeing the reactions on people's faces. They, they love the interaction that it's, and they're just in a really good place with it. So I, I really appreciate it. I just wanted to mention that. Cause like, again, we, we kind of glaze over alive sometimes, but it, they watching this. And again, the video on this is fantastic. If you ever, if you've ever wondered what it's like to be on the rail at a Pearl Jam show Watch this video on YouTube because it is, it is perfectly well done. From the very front row, you really feel like you're a part of it. It brought back a lot of memories for me, or a lot of good memories. So that was one that hit me. Uh, rocking in the free world is fantastic. Again, a lot of crowd interaction. Every everyone decided that this was the moment where they hadn't had a chance to do it yet, so they were gonna. Everything starts getting pushed up to the front. He kind of changed lyric, like, you know, who knew we were going to miss you? Like, I, I got to think, you know, if you look at this on paper, them going like, oh, we're really going to do four shows in Florida? Like, I don't know how that's going to go. But and he, he goes like, you know, Jacksonville, I think you win. You know, I think he mentions all the cities. And again, like Stone gets the last solo on Rocket in the Free World. It's great. And I, I, this this hit me, too. I think there's a moment where I think it's near the end and that's the last tambourine maybe and I think it was standing next to me I think because there was a there was a little girl she might have been 10 or 11 years old kind of to the back and left of me and I think like they were pushing on her to get a tambourine during the whole song right so we were kind of like well like you know doing the thing where you kind of point your finger above her head and like we're all kind of like look 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 there's this little kid here and you kind of see him react like he gets the last tambourine, and he looks at her, and he kind of does like a like a whoa, like he kind of does like a shocked expression, and, and calls for like one more tambourine, and like gets it to her. So that I remember that being a really cool moment. But yeah, it just it it just seemed like they were having such a good time, and like it it's just a great memory for me to to have go gone back and relived it through this video. It was it was fantastic.
0: Very cool. Yeah, those are moments that you can only pick out when you're when you're down there right in the midst of everything very cool stuff
3: and then the the tag at the end of yellow it better too like how how can it be anything else but uh but yeah a little star spangled banner at the end there yeah
0: absolutely yeah just kind of attributing kind of the theme of the show is is being the Sort of a tribute to troops, but also, you know, kind of tribute to the area. The The arena is called the, the Veterans Memorial, Memorial uh, Arena. So, you know, obviously we talked about it before. The Navy bases that are there, it's a perfect way to end it. And, of course, Mike is tapping into his inner Jimi Hendrix again to finish this off. And uh, there's not much better than that. So... I will ask you guys. Should I go first, since I'm the least important on this panel when it comes to my moments? Sure, Why I do, do that? uh All right, my number three moment. I'm gonna give that to Better Man because I thought this was a really solid, very fun version of Better Man. My number two, it could be anything from Nothing Man to Rival to Ghost. I am going to give the nod to let the records play. Cause that surprised me a lot from this show. And uh, it's not one that I go back to on the album, as I mentioned before, but this was a really, really fun, just like we said, swampy version. And they, they kind of, they played into that a little bit more than they usually do, which was really cool. And then I can't give the number one nod to anything else, but of the earth and that's because it's of the freaking earth and it's just one of their absolute classic gems awesome awesome moment glad you guys both were able to get it at this show please please share your top three i'll let's start with john let's let's let the kids get the the I
3: i gotta put of the earth on my in my top three that was just a an amazing moment and something something really cool and like i like i said i got to hear it twice that year which is unbelievable so love the song hope we hope we get a a real version of it someday uh my number two is uh ghost uh i just remember hearing or remember seeing the the person whoever it was in the in the ghost costume in the back just freaking out like having having a moment and it just brought back a a lot of fun memories for me so again just a, a fan service moment really cool you know no matter what you think if you if you know Demetri, if you've never heard of him before it doesn't matter again this version of Ghost is really cool and uh my number one I, I gotta go with Black and that that thumbing my way tag onto Black I think that was a really special moment for it to be you know someone someone right close to me and for him to notice that and, and make a point of it was great but you know like you mentioned honorable mentions Hail Hail Nothing Man setting forth the uh, let the records play spin the black circle. I won't back down. Like, I, I'm I'm not going to steal it, it from Chris anymore. Give, give us yours.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I have to give a nod to, uh, I won't back down, you know, it being in, in Jacksonville, just uh, an hour away from Tom's hometown, um, uh, for my third, um, second, I'm probably going to give that to, um, to uh, to black, uh, I really really enjoyed um, you know Mike's solo during that uh, during that song. Um, I thought it had a, a tremendous amount of energy and, and just a lot of lot of emotion into it and uh, just really memorable for me. Um, And then, you know, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think of the earth is probably my biggest takeaway from this show. Uh, I love that track. It is. uh, I I love the solos. I love the, that part in the middle where you just get that, you know, Mike kind of taking your face off. Um, You know, it's just, it's, it's great.
0: Yeah. I I don't think there's ever going to be a show where of the earth is played unless they play, I don't know, uh, every other rare song that I love and, you know, like an encore performance of Brandon J or something like that, unless they've played all that while playing of the earth on the same night, I think I will always have this song in my top three. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's that good. It's that big of a moment for me. So awesome. Awesome. I, I am going to rate the show first and I'm a little scared because I hate rating first. I always like to kind of gauge what everybody else is doing, and then then kind of see read the room almost. Uh, but I don't I don't have a bad rating for this. I, I had there were some moments that I was a little, yeah, I was a little kind of bored with, and and I think that was the uh, the first encore. I was just a little bored by that, that beginning part and Ed kind of going solo. And I I, I like more. I like when the band gets involved and I like stuff like, like you mentioned, footsteps and and off he goes and things like that in that spot. I think a little bit early, it wasn't that big of a deal, but Ed was very strained. I didn't even notice any of that after that. This is, this is really a show where if you want recent stuff, if you don't want to dig for things, like a rival, like a ghost, like an army reserve. If you don't want to dig for versions of those songs from, you know, the time period when they came out, because YouTube clips aren't going to have a lot of 2000 or 2006 clips out there. Like this is a good show to go back and see performances of those songs that, you know, are pretty rare. And and there was a time where I know that I would have gone back and I would have listened to, to stuff like that because it's, You just don't get it at every single show. I'm going to give this show a solid eight. I I enjoyed it. And I would recommend to anybody that is, uh, is looking to listen to something from 2016.
3: Yeah. Coming into this, I think I had expected to be kind of in that range because, you know, this one, when I, when I go back and think about, you know, the shows I went to in 2016, obviously the Wrigley ones were very special. Greenville is very special columbia I, I go back to a, a lot but this one kind of get almost uh, uh, kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes so going into it i was expecting it to be in kind of that eight ish kind of range but going back and listening to it and, and kind of talking it over i think it's it's bumped it up for me so many great moments so many good versions of songs a lot of rare stuff a lot of mix of the, of the stuff a the great ending to the encore too you know i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this a nine I think it's, I think it was fantastic. I, I, I enjoyed reliving the moments and it, a lot of stuff came back to me and I, it, it was great. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. Well, um, so yeah, I, I agree with, if uh, you know, most of everything that you guys said, I, I think uh, I'm going to come in properly about an eight, eight and a half. Um, you know, there were, there were a few uh, lulls there, um, you know, in the early on with the set list, uh, um, around that, uh, army reserve, uh, given a fly arrival where it wasn't as, I guess, fan friendly in terms of, of the, the hits, if you will. Uh, but you know, as uh, someone who loves, you know, those deep cuts, I, I just, I, I love to see, you know, setting forth of the earth. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I got to see those live and, and, um, Got to see uh, some songs that, you know, unfortunately, Randy, you haven't been able to see yet as time left. Right. a lot of time left. <laughs> of time left. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I give it about an eight,
0: yeah, all right. cool. that's uh that's the sign of a good, solid show above average. I'd say that's like a b b plus area. Mm-hmm. very nice and uh, very, very good. It's just it's it's fun to go back on shows that people don't necessarily talk about too much because you just don't. You don't have the frame of reference for it. Uh, Besides, I think the only thing before maybe starting even this podcast that I knew about the show was that uh, both of the earth was played and uh, the ghost for for the Greeks. So those were the only two things. And now you kind of have this wealth of knowledge about the show now that, that, you know, glorify G and they would play glorify G the next night. And uh, same with let the, the records play and Spin the Black Circle, all connecting into that record store day and that Greenville show. So very, yeah. very good, interesting stuff. Next week, what are we going to do? We're going to do a couple things. We are going to have a little interview with Jason Ling. He is the author of this all-encompassing Trip, which was a book that chronicled his journey following the band and in 2005 and 2006 he took a van across Canada and had some adventures and some people jump in his van he did the whole entire tour and it's just very interesting to see the friendships that he created through this band and, and how the music related to him and, and it's it's a really good read I definitely suggest you guys go out and buy it wherever the book is sold I think there's a new copy that, that came out as a hardcover very recently so he's going to come on not sure if that's going to be a separate episode or if this is going to be tied in to the show that we're doing next week next week's show is saskatoon 2005 that tour that we just talked about and uh he's got a really interesting and funny story from that the book that that we're going to talk about and and a lot of other things there's so many things that i want to pick his brain about so looking forward to that and uh look at that our our third canadian show because we came out of last year, we said uh, we we'll, we've only done two shows out of Canada, and and that was one of our goals for this year. More Canada, damn it! More Canada. Yeah. Can't yeah. get more Canada than Saskatoon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's think Chris. I'm going to give yes. Chris a chance to, to promote his uh, – we, we, you know, we talked about records a lot I was going to mention give, that during Let the give... Records
0: Play Spin the Black Circle, and I <laughs> yeah, forgot. Let's, let's,
3: uh, let's give Chris a chance to uh, to promote his little venture there. Why don't you tell us about your, your, uh, your uh, record thing going on there?
4: Yeah, my side hustle. Uh, so uh, I do have a, a record store. It's online. Uh, it is uh, named – for uh, binaural, uh one of my favorite uh, albums, um, um and uh, of course, the the patrons uh, of this show do get uh, a nice discount code um, which we share on the the Patreon page.
0: 15% off. So if you're listening to this right now, you want to pick up some records 15% off bynarolrecords.com and Chris, people can talk to you. Cause I mean, like you, we have access to you, obviously, and people have access to us. So if they're looking for something specific, we can reach out. We can make sure we can make that happen. Right.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we can special order anything. If it's, uh, uh, something you're interested in. Um, and, uh, we have a pretty big assortment of Pearl jam and, and grunge albums, uh, online right now. Um, and, but if there's something that we don't have, uh, can easily special order it likely. Um, So if you need something, just let us know.
0: It's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, Chris, thanks again for coming on, sharing your stories today. It was awesome talking to you about this because you haven't been on the show yet and you've been a patron for over a year. So this was long overdue and you're going to have your profile episode. We're probably going to hit record on it right after we're we're done with this one. And uh, if you want to check that out, that's over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash live and four legs. And that's what you get from joining our horizon tier over there. So keep that in mind. If you want to tell your full Pearl Jam story, That's pretty enticing. Get that, and you get to help out a little bit with our website, Wikipedia, Chronology, Almanac, whatever you want to call it. So once again, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on the show. John, you were there, and you had so many experiences from this show as well. So thank you for bringing what you had to bring to us. to the table and i'll thank myself because i don't want to feel left out so and i'm going to thank you for for tuning in and staying until this uh, this little uh, rant right here so let's close this one on out this may be the end we're here but not for much longer and although we may be parting ways i miss you already and i miss you always thank you everybody for tuning in and if you like us like us on apple subscribe to us on apple and click that five star rating leave us a comment and let everybody else know how much you like us and share the wealth people this is what it's all about this stuff gets done through word of mouth so tell your friends about us tell tell them about the show that you guys went to whatever it is maybe you went to this show who the hell knows send it to your friends we are coming back next week for saskatoon see you then does anybody remember records
2: Oh!